0: Hey everybody, this is Patty. Welcome to The Witching Hour, the hour of the day when the veil is thin and magic happens. I have some great magic for you today, psychic medium and so much more. Miriam Farish. But before I bring her on, where's Patty? Because you know, if I didn't do this segment, I wouldn't have no idea where I was ever. I do wake up in the morning going, what hotel, what city, what state, what country am I in? But if you are a tuning into this when we first drop which is yes monday october 23rd a week and a half for halloween yeah a week and a day from halloween ah! The veil is thin. Ah, you see in spirit, you should be. Anyway, if you are tuning in this week, I am home. I just got home from Texas, and I'm sure what was a wonderful experience at the Haunted Hill House with Natalie and the Ghost Hunter girls. It was one of our Paraflix, Haloflix, and I just probably flew home today from that next week I'm headed to New Orleans of course it is time for the Endless Night Vampire Ball which is about four days of festivities go to endlessnight.com we have vampire balls and witches balls and high teas and all sorts of fabulous things um, and then I'm coming home and then I'm headed for Mid-Michigan Paracon so lots of travel coming up after Mid-Michigan I'm heading off to Tasmania after Tasmania I'll be back in Dallas area at Miracles of Joy before the holidays. So lots going on and way too much to explain. So just go to pattynegri.com and it's all listed there or any of my social medias. And you can get to my legitimate social medias from my website. If you are in town tomorrow, Tuesday, or whenever you're watching this, I have my regular Tuesday class at universitymagicus.com or magicu.org. And that's Tuesday. And Wednesday, of course, we have Witches Movie Coven, where Heather and Jason and Richard Layell and Courtney and I argue about witches in witch movies. We don't really argue, but we don't agree kind of ever. The more we disagree, the more fun we have. So and that's live. So you guys get to tune in live, live, live. You're in the chat room with us. It's on my YouTube and many of my social media pages now. And we want to know if you like the movies or you don't. We wands up, we wands down. We have black goats. It's it's a big party. Of course, while you're doing all these fabulous things, you can go to mysterycontrol.com and get some. Patty's Power Panties, a spell in every pair. Change your underwear, change your life. You could get my spellcaster tees and hoodies. You, of course, can get Witch's Movie Coven, cloaks and dresses and tennis shoes and socks. And pretty much we could dress you from the inside out, outside in, head to toe. Everything from bro witch to scared and alone and everything in the middle. And just since it's a pitch, code Patty. 25% 25% off everything at mysterycontrol.com. Code PATTY, P A T T I, and we're practically giving it away. Other than that, I am right here with you guys, and that's where I am. Here, here, now. Hey, everybody, guess what time it is? Yep, it is time for the Willow it I wake her up from her nap every day about this time or when it's time to film. And she, well, sleeps on camera. <laughs> but what I actually want to talk about, see how calm she looks. See how she relaxed she is. Did you know she's magic? Dogs are literal magic. We do magic. We do spell crafting. We do manifest, whatever you want to call it. But dogs are magic, too. And one of the best things that dogs are for us is for our mental state, our blood pressure, our calmness, and our relaxation. I mean, would this not make you relax? Do you know that it is proved, it is proven, English is my first language, that petting a dog lowers a human's blood pressure and the dog's. So, if you're sitting there and you're stressed because you had a long day or whatever, all of those things we get stressed for on a daily pet your pup. It probably works for cats too, but I just did the research on dogs because it's the Willow Report. But petting these babies brings down your blood pressure, takes away your stress level and theirs. Look at, she just wants to go to sleep behind my head. So, it brings down your blood pressure and their blood pressure. And do you want another thing about puppy magic? Dogs are one of the very few animals who actually show voluntary unselfishness, unselfish kindness without any reward. They don't do this because we do that. Not very many animals do that, and it's been proven by science or psychologist or whoever proves it. I to say that again. Dogs are one of the very few animals that show voluntary, unselfish kindness without any reward. So, they're going to bring down your blood pressure. They're going to make you happy. They're going to show you kindness. In me, there's nothing like the love of a dog or a cat. Always just they're happy to see you, whatever mood they are. Get yourself a dog or a kitty if you can. If you don't have one, I think they're the best thing in the world because they're magic. Wake up. Wake up. I don't want to wake up. (laughs) Okay. Hi, everybody. This week's magic, we're going to talk just a little bit about refrigerator magic. What? Yes, we have our altars and we have our cauldrons and we have our magical apothecaries with our herbs and oils. But we also all have a refrigerator. And there's more to refrigerators than just storing food sometimes. Um, So I'm going to give you, since right now it's getting into the holidays and a lot of people can use an extra cash. One of my very, very, very best money spells is putting cold, hard cash in the refrigerator. What? Yeah, it's actually kind of a feng shui thing. So get yourself nine $1 bills. I like crispy, pretty ones, but get the best ones you can. Nine, $1 bills. Tie them up in a red string. It's a feng shui thing. I say it's nine inches or 18 inches because, again, magic in numbers. And tie it up like it's a birthday present or something. Nine, $1 bills. Charge them that you always – remember, it's all about your intent. Put your breath into them. (sighs) I always have cold, hard cash. I always have the money that I need. Remember, it's mind and body and spirit. Put those nine $1 bills in the back left side of your refrigerator. And again, you literally, as well as figuratively and magically, always have cold, hard cash. It works the psychology of mind, body, spirit. Every time you open your refrigerator, there's math, green math. I always have cold, hard cash. You put that thought pattern in. My body, it has because you literally have. You're seeing it there with your eyes. The money is there. And the spirit is the spell you put into it. I promise it works. It's crazy, but it works. And again, also know that some of your oils and herbs you might want to stir in there. Make sure you mark them the difference. Your mugwort isn't your this for your that. So if you are putting your magical things, which I do some of, make sure they're marked. Because some of our things we use in magic are poisonous. But So make sure you put yourself little skull and crossbones on it or do not eat this for your roommates, spouses, children, or others. Make sure that's very different. You have a section of your magical things versus your edible things. And my other things, most everybody always knows that. But I want to remind that if there is somebody here that's, I don't do negative magic. I just don't find the need to. I'm not judgmental, but... You do sometimes need to protect yourself. You do sometimes need defensive magic. Somebody's talking bad about you. Somebody's wishing you ill. Freeze them out. Make them an ice cube. Again, there's many forms of this classic, classic spell, but I've always done the simplest. If somebody specific is bothering you or a group or whatever, write their name down, put it in a sealable baggie, the kind that Ziploc, put it in the baggie, put the name and whatever it is, Fill it up with water. Now put your intent in it. Remember magic is in your tent. I personally don't send them bad wishes. I don't say I wish this, I wish that. Because again, what you put out comes back. But I do say this person or this situation cannot hurt me, cannot hurt my business, cannot hurt my family, cannot hurt my health, cannot hurt my home, cannot hurt my pets, cannot hurt anything. Put your intent that you are freezing them out from affecting your life in any negative way. Again, I like to breathe into things put your intent into it, but it could be a little bitty baggy, a little tiny sandwich, snap baggy. put it in. A, you could use a picture of someone, or you could just write their name, rewrite their picture on a name. Or again, it could be your old workplace or something like that, that, you know, you don't want them to say bad things about you at your new workplace. Do it and then put it into your freezer and you've literally froze them out. Just keep it as long as you need, then get rid of it and see ooh, if something comes up again, if you need to redo it. But Create cold, hard things that you want in the refrigerator. Don't put your cash in the refrigerator. You don't want to freeze out your money. But if you have an issue with somebody or something, make an ice cube out of it. Simple, easy refrigerator magic. That's it. Magic is everywhere. Sometimes it's in your kitchen appliances. I have a beautiful and very magical guest for you today. We get to know her together. Um, She is a psychic, medium, and spiritual teacher, Miriam Farish. Welcome, Miriam.
1: Hi, Patty. Thank you.
0: It's so good. I can't believe we don't know each other. We both live in the Los Angeles area. We're both psychic mediums. We both do paranormal stuff. And now we are first meeting. Thanks to my producer. I see you have a beautiful witch in the back there. She's very cute for anybody who's seeing the video version of this. She's so
1: cute. I love her little face. I have to say, Patty, I have never had an attachment. I don't mean an attachment in a paranormal way, but like an emotional attachment to like anything like this. But when my husband took a picture of her, he was shopping. He was like, I think you're going to like her. I just fell in love with her. And I swear to God, I like, I'm like, feel her. It's crazy.
0: Oh, maybe she has a spirit. I know.
1: I've never felt that before, ever, until we got her.
0: I know. We as, as spirits are everywhere, and we as with the gift, they're going to stop at our house first. And if you're a disembodied spirit, what better to go into something than like a doll or a decoration that has eyes and ears and mouth? My little girl right here, this is my haunted doll, Belle. She was sent to me by someone because Belle made her sick for three years, made her hair fall out, made her kids sick. And so she sent it to me, and, and I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, because she had seen me do a a seance with Peggy the doll, a darker, scarier (laughs) doll. Uh, But I actually banished the dark thing. I don't want a dark thing in my house. And then this beautiful little girl spirit came out. But she wiggles, she moves, she winks. Wow, no kidding. My eye on yours, because who knows? You never know. We did a Halloween episode with Unexplained Cases about three
1: years ago when I first got her. And she moved. But the thing was, is the way it was set up, Honestly, you couldn't see what was behind this. So we couldn't really prove that it was her moving, but I didn't know at the time she had moved. Rick was editing later and was like, would you remember one of your dogs being behind the tapestry? And I was like, no, my dogs are always in front. It was very, as I genuinely don't know if it was her or if it was something else, but it looks pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, they get really active, and especially now that it's Halloween season, it's mm-hmm. sour and the veil is thin. I have one of my not haunted dolls, the one right next to Belle. I was teaching a class, we're both teachers, and I was sitting here looking in my Zoom screen, and the doll went, no, mm-hmm. about six inches. Both no. Six inches. Here, I didn't notice because I'm talking into my Zoom. I think about paranormal protection <laughs> or something really ironic like that. And my all my students notice and now it's all posted. But yeah, it is the season.
1: Wow. Yeah. wow. Isn't it? You know, one of my teachers years ago said to me, if it ever, you should never be surprised by spirit, but you should always be amazed. And if it ever stops amazing you, then maybe something's off. And I, to this day, it's, God, that is so true because I can hear these stories after story and you're just, it's always amazing, but you're never surprised, right? You're never like, what? That shouldn't happen. You're more amazed by it. No story yet has been, no matter how small the story where I've just been like, oh, whatever. you It's always incredible to hear.
0: Yeah, and I want the, that amazement of a kid forever. If I ever get over, it's like, yeah, they're levitating again. Man. Right. It's like they burst into flame. I've had insane stuff, and it's fabulous. Well, on that note, so you knew as a youth that you had the gift as a site, your psychic medium side. That's always been part of you. And yeah,
1: I don't remember a time when it wasn't. My mom was the one that obviously. Noticed at first because I was saying stuff about um, people who had passed, uh, especially my uncle. I made a comment about him standing next to her, and of course, he had died. And and then there was some strange stuff in school. I was in a lot of uh, special needs classes. My learning was really—I didn't learn like everybody else. And they were running all these tests on me, and I started get giving them correct answers. And. But I wasn't working out the problems correctly. And so they call my mom and they say, she's getting the answers correct, but she's not working out the problems correctly. It doesn't make any sense. And that was when she realized that maybe there was just a lot of, all the stress of all the testing. And I just, my psychic ability just started kicking in to get me out of the situation. And that story I always remembered because school was always so hard for me. And that always just brought me back to who I was.
0: That's cool. It's interesting. i never thought about it before, but I was an unmotivated student, but I always got A's on tests and I'm, not any smarter. I think I use my ability to, oh yeah, it's number A, number C, number yeah. D. It's like, A. <laughs> I so, bet you did. I, I would bet my did. life
1: on it you did. Yeah. yeah. Just to get you through that structure that's overbearing.
0: And one of the things I know, you've been working, you work with people and you work with pets, which I, I can psychically I tune into my animals and pets and things, but I'm mm-hmm. not what I would ever call myself an animal communicator mm-hmm. by any means. So how did that happen and how magical is that?
1: Well, I didn't realize that was something that I w- was doing until we rescued a blind and deaf puppy, Daisy. She's unfortunately passed now, but this was before people were rescuing special needs. Now everyone's rescuing special needs animals, but this was before that. So we didn't have any help and she couldn't hear and she she couldn't see and all I was forced to intuitively communicate. I grew up with animals and I had um, animals prior to her cats specifically that I didn't, I was communicating with, but I didn't realize it was until Daisy, until I was forced to figure out how to help this animal. And then after that, I was like, oh wow, I guess this is something that I do.
0: (laughs) That is awesome. Do you work with both communicate with both living animals and deceased? I do.
1: Similar to you, like I would never put myself in the category as like, she's a specialized animal communicator because there's animal communicators that can really dig deep. I tend to help the connection between the pet and the parent and what's going on there, it tends to be where I lean into, whereas a lot of really great animal communicators are just like talking forever about what the animal's saying. Yeah. And that, that isn't really what my strong point. I kind of go right into the, I can help track, but when it comes to animals, I tend to connect them with the parent.
0: Good. Oh, that's beautiful though. And that's really what's important other than sometimes all the chatters. <laughs> That's right. interesting, but why is she peeing on the floor? That's I get that a lot. Past lives again, but why is she peeing on the floor? <laughs> and I know remote viewing is a big part of your practice as well, right? You work with people in remote viewing, because I read that in your bio, how you could see dark entities and energy and working from afar on that one.
1: Yeah, that kind of, um, that crept up on me too. I say all of that because... For a lot of my life, I ran away from who I was. And so as you grow older, your skill sets grow stronger. And so you can't run from it. But <laughs> I was trying to figure out, like, who am I on earth without being a psychic? And so I kind of took all these detours. But as I was detouring, not realizing my skill set was still deepening. And I was using it as remote viewing. Again, not realizing I was doing that until... I was much older and then I was able now I'm very, I, I can be very specific with it. When I do remote viewing, I can't necessarily tell you, oh, sometimes I can, but I'm not always saying, oh, there's a jar on the wall and there's a, it's like, more like I, I can just get in there energetically. I'm like, Right there and moving stuff around and dealing with everything. I know some remote viewers can get really specific on what's happened, where to go. And I've done a lot of investigations where I can direct people which direction to go and then stuff like that. It's, oh, Patty, it's like who you're working with makes such a big difference, right?
0: Everything, difference. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: Because sometimes you can have these experiences, and you're just like, that was so intense. And then sometimes you're like, God, I'm trying to get
0: anything. Well, it's because it's, we're working whoever we're working with their openness, their closeness. And again, to me, it doesn't matter if you know that there's a jar on the shelf. You no, know, if you're getting the energetics, I think that if you have to do that to just so for you get the confirmation, oh yes, there is a jar. So you're legitimate. So other than yes. That,
1: Thank you for that, because that is that tends to without lands. But I yeah. really love remote viewing. I just I love that I can. It expanded my work obviously, so I can work all around the world from my home. <laughs> and really, once COVID happened, that's when that really started to. I really started to expand that because you were forced to. But it was also really fun to to go to all these locations and just move around and there's always something
0: new to find there. But oh, It's fascinating. It's a big world and sometimes traveling from home is good. So how did you get into, is that how you forayed into paranormal stuff or, because being a psychic medium is one thing, getting into the whole paranormal and spirits and things like that's another. Was that always part of you? It was,
1: I, I couldn't fit in the psychic world because I just didn't enjoy doing your basic love life. Like I I would do it and I always felt fulfilled helping people, but I would think I can't spend, like that's not me spending all day helping all these different people with the same question. My marriage, my career, and there's nothing wrong with those questions. It just wasn't fulfilling me. And I didn't know where I fit in. And then one day Rick with Unexplained Cases reached out and said, would you like to try to work together? And this was my first time dealing with someone from the paranormal community, and it was new for me. And I was, I really liked Rick and I just enjoyed his energy. And then Darren, his partner came in and it was like, boom, I was off and running. And then it was this whole paranormal experience. And my alien work has always been there, but that obviously just, I dove right into that even
0: deeper too. And that's exactly where I was going to go next because that's not in those other areas I do double in, double, not double, the alien stuff. I One of my mentors, one of my teachers, Maximilian de Lafayette, he taught me whatever I do know, which is still minimal. He was a, very an author and writes lots of books. But how did you fall into that world?
1: I had an experience when I was a child. For some reason, I was in my parents' bedroom sleeping on the floor i think because we were in a new house and it was creeping me out and i woke up and i saw a ship land outside and i froze because they had this big picture window and i froze because i don't know if i was frozen from them or just with fear and then when i moved to los angeles about over 25 years ago i was working at the psychic guy bookstore in sherman oaks and this guy came up to me who's actually, I won't mention names, but he's actually, a, was a f- very famous pop singer. He came up to me, I didn't know who he was though, cause I was super young and naive and dumb and, but he said, I'd like to take you out to lunch. And I was like, okay. Cause, and he showed me the X-Files, the one where, I never watched the X-Files, but it was the episode where they had the alien body in it. Like and, every
0: episode, but okay.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> it wasn't every episode. Okay, so I'd have to get more specific. I, and for me, it was my first time seeing it. And I started bawling. Oh. And he says, why are you crying? And I was like, I don't know. And that's when he said, well, let me tell you where you're from. And I, it scared the sh- out of me. I was not comfortable with it for a very long time. I stayed in connection with him, just learning about it, but also too scared to even go there. And then I had an abduction experience a little bit later. And then I was like, I got to figure this out because it's not leaving me. And then I connected to what I refer to as my alien family and started remembering those experiences. And now I work with people who are being abducted or are being bothered and or people who aren't being bothered, but are com- communicating and wanting to know more.
0: That's fascinating. And I watched every episode of the X-Files and I have X-File Barbie dolls. I have both. You do? So yeah, That's we, awesome. Yeah, I have a lot of Barbie dolls, but I do have X-Files so Yeah. Um, that is funny. So anyway, but that is fascinating. Again, I, and I sometimes think back going when I was a kid, I don't some of my friends that I play, my special friends, and my spirit friends, maybe they were off-worlders of some sort. So your experience, like abduction, you hear about the scary aliens, and then there's a whole people like, aliens are beautiful and they're coming to save us. And uh, what is your thought? Is it just like with humans, there's good and bad and everything?
1: A hundred percent that. So here's the thing.
0: Aliens aren't coming
1: to save us. <laughs> the work that I have done there's, just like you said, there's lower vibration, medium, higher vibration. And the group that I work with, obviously I work with a high vibration, and they communicate with me very little. They, they purposely don't want to give out too much information, not because anyone's hiding anything, but I think it's a matter of waiting for everyone to be ready, right? Even me, to be ready, to be able to hear and manage. But one thing that they always consistently say is, our planet is so polluted that they don't come down. The higher vibration groups don't come down. The lower vibration groups come down, and I always compare it to, say, a neighborhood that has a lot of crime. Mm -hmm. It's very similar. It's funny, just yesterday my mom called me, she's watching this Netflix documentary, The Ancient Aliens, and then Mm -hmm. another one she was watching, which I purposely don't watch that stuff because I don't want to, I don't want to fill my brain with other people's information. That way, when I'm doing the work, I'm pulling from something I really don't know. Like, I, I try to not, because especially with alien information that can really cross over what the brain holds onto and retains. And yeah. not that anyone's information is wrong. I just want to try and get it as honest Channel it as honestly as possible, and but she called me and she's like, these people are talking about how they think so oh, that aliens are going to take over the world, and then they saying like they're talking about how this crossbreeding, and I was like, listen, my father's Persian, my mother's white. I'm like, <laughs> crossbreeding is right there. I think if we if we stop thinking we're the only people in the universe, it's not that crazy to think. Oh, I mean, we may humans may come from a hybrid of all kinds of already, right? Other groups, so. I'm just not, nothing really shocks me when it comes to that. I'm not like, oh my God, it's happening. I'm more like, listen, it's already happening and it's okay. Like half of us aren't even, I don't mean this in a rude way, but most of the world isn't even conscious to it. Oh, they're just putting a fear on that they already carry on to something else. So do aliens come down? Do they mess with people? Yeah, I'm not saying they don't. 100% they do. Um, but it's the lower vibration, and you manage them just how you would manage a dark entity. It's pretty much the only difference for me is when it comes to aliens, because they can manifest into a physical body that makes me a little nervous so i tend to be like hyper cautious with that work like when i'm working with darker demonic energy i'm like filing my nails while I do it when it comes to aliens I'm like every freaking crystal block every I do not want an alien manifesting from a lower vibration in my home so yeah. I'm super sensitive to that
0: oh my god that I cracked me I'm very much too again because it's the area I don't know we always fear the unknown as a human race and things that's why people I don't see it. but I'm the same way I studied I know dark energy light energy demonic energy but I, aliens that's a foreign thing again, that teacher I told you about, Maximilian de Lafayette, he was a linguist. He was a lawyer. He speaks 21 languages, most of them ancient, like ancient Sumerian. So Mm -hmm. ancient Sumerian, which goes into the Anunnaki, which goes into the Nephilim. And that was his world of Extraterrestrial, and he gave me a bunch of words to say and a bunch of very sacred geometry grids and things. Wow! Yeah, and I was with I was with one person in the backyard, an and actress, and we did this thing, and then this thing came that wasn't a ghost, and it wasn't elemental, and it wasn't an angel or device. Like, oh, okay, this is new, and then we did it again, and oh, I wish you would have been there. But it, there were six of us, all mediums, all done forever know what we do. And we did these words and we did, and we turned it. Oh my God. All of a sudden we're making weird body movements and weird hand movements. And we created this energetic grid and then one starts channeling it's, and then this big thing laid, it's like arm across my dining room table. And again, that's like, Oh yeah. How did
1: that feel to you? Did it uh, feel like you can't describe it, but it felt a little different, right?
0: It felt very different. Again, it's a world I don't know. It did not feel other realm because i we have the veil we have the this side of the veil is armand you know gravity ridden three-dimensional world and the other side of the, is that everything else where the aliens and ghosts and spirits and elemental everything would be but it felt yeah completely different you would not have mistaken it for dead grandma or right. anything else like that absolutely not and I haven't done anything like that since then um, again it's just oh my little brain can only hold so much I <laughs> will <laughs> be an expert in so much but again there's so much chatter going on now I'm fascinated by what you do and working with people helping people because i'm sure there's a huge need there
1: there is but there it's funny because i have had a lot of people reach out consistently but to get like i always give my clients an option i'll say pay the fee or if you're willing to go on a live with me and i can cover your identity because as silly as it sounds it's a genuine issue where if you've been abducted by aliens you don't have anywhere to go you don't know who to talk to. Sometimes you can find groups, yes, but how do you stop it? And that's something that I have been able to help people with is help stop the abduction. Assuming they want it to stop, whether I've had clients who have it happen via sleep paralysis. I have had clients, I have this one client who it's happening within the family regularly. As When you start getting into the work, It comes down to that person. And sometimes those people don't want to get rid of that experience. And all of a sudden you hit this wall and you're like, okay, guess you guys are actually happy with this? I can't remove something you want there. It's such a trip. So I love doing that work. I think because there is this, I think, I could be wrong. You know, if you live in a home that has a spirit in it and your chair is moving every now and then or something happens, like that's okay. But these people who, are scared to go to sleep at night or scared that it's gonna happen again, that ruins your life. It changes your life. So that work for me is scary, but also in
0: very fulfilling. So how did you learn again, I know how to deal with dark energies from this our earth realm or heaven's realm or whatever how did you even learn how to keep somebody getting alien abducted did you was that hit or miss? like we learn everything else you couldn't hand them some sage and some rue and here's three <laughs> i don't know
1: i do want to back up a little bit because i wanted to share a story with you patty oh, yeah. about something in my life that for some reason ever since i was told that i would be honored with being on your podcast i just wanted to share this with you I've shared this with other people, but I felt like it would mean more for someone like you and your experience. When I was when I was about in my 20s, I was searching, right? Like I had the psychic ability, but what do you do with it? And my mom would bring me to psychics, but back then, I'm 50, but back then it was like, it was hard to find a teacher, right? Like you could find other psychics, which is what she did. So I wouldn't feel weird. Like there's other people like you. But anyway, when I was 18, she's like, you got to go get a job or go to school or something like you're not doing anything with your life. And so I was like, okay, I'll go to school. So I go to this trade school. But instead of buying all the books, I bought this huge book on witchcraft. (laughs) And it was, I bet you would recognize it. I just recently got rid of it. This is 30 years later, if not more. It was pink. And it had it really, really thick. And and I didn't understand half of the words because it was like, what is the language they use? Like they use,
0: it, it was like old English or something. So it was hard I mean, to- It depends on, yes, they get a little theatrical with it. It's a mix, it depends. There's so many forms of witchcraft. If you're going to the old Celtic and that kind of thing, or if you're going to Strega, the more Italian and it's a big melting pot of words. And then- You don't know. Translating everything. It's a little bit of everything. Because we work in so many different cosmologies. Okay, we got our Egyptian goddesses, we got our Greek goddesses, we got our Celtic goddesses, we got mm-hmm. our Norse goddesses, and we just throw in a pot. So I yeah. see it could be very confusing.
1: I think it was more Celtics. I remember that. But anyway, I couldn't understand half of it, but I read that thing like crazy and was highlighting stuff. And I didn't, I was trying out stuff. But <sighs> so I was going through that phase, but it, if it aligned with me, but I just knew. You know how you can just feel, I don't think this is the way I'm supposed to go this time. And so from there, really, it was meditation and yoga. And I never had a specific teacher. I just, and I don't want to say self-taught. I want to say that I just made sure that I kept opening up and making sure I was super clear in my channeling. And so I could start to differentiate what was emotion, what was mine, which was brain, what was actual information. And then just being led that way. And then when I started the paranormal work with Rick, and it was just, it's like, the more you do it. Right? It was just right. doing it all the time. And it was like, and each time I went in, as I know you work too, in many ways you can, you don't know. Right. You, you really don't know what you're going to get and how you're supposed to do. You just have yep. to have your tools available. And like I said, that's why with the alien work, I just always bring all my tools in. And I'm like,
0: <laughs> um good. That's fascinating. I will. Have, I'll have to study with you on that. And if you ever want to teach that, know that I do have a school, and we don't have anything in those lines that work like that. I
1: saw your school, okay.
0: An online school. You could do a one-off class, whatever. We have guest teachers, or once a month, or more often, because that really we we go out there. My vampire partner. We have a werewolf teacher who's a University of Washington professor. Not like puts on a suit werewolf, but that mm-hmm. animal side of life. And so oh, we go. Cool cryptids and this and catholic priests but we really don't have anyone in your line so just, just stay around and teach class i would two. love it okay <laughs> um, but yeah i we don't know what we're gonna get we don't and we have to have our tools and we have to have our experience and like you with not watching the ancient aliens like same thing with paranormal i don't know what's supposed to have been there when i get i go in i want to go and mm-hmm. blind because i don't want my left brain going oh somebody is supposed to have died over here oh wait somebody's look no duh I don't absolutely that influencing
1: yeah oh that's cool that you do the same thing i one episode i saw you i don't remember where you were but this what is this being a taken over your body who it may have been a drug user or some sort and i it was what's interesting is i remember i know that i don't watch other psychics i simply just probably the same way you do is it's like yeah. you're it's you're constantly doing it. It's not so much about sitting and watching someone else do it, but I could see when you were, I could see the power that you had in managing you how play. this being was in you, but you were, hadn't disappeared. And it's rare to, it is rare for me to have seen that, especially again, I quote my age because the times have changed. When I was young most mediums just let beings just jump right in. And then it turned into this whole thing for them, and right? And they'd be sick and it was all, this. but so it was really neat to watch you. And I could, it was more of a feeling for me where I could feel how you just, you were so there and they went to doing their thing. And I just found it incredible because they never could, They. it's not like they could ever take you over. When that's very rare to see, and I watched the whole thing more so just to feel how you were, that's how I learned, feel how you were processing that and managing that. And then how you literally, and you're an animal lover, so I know you get this, like how a dog shakes it off when they fall. Yep. You just like shook it off and you were like... What's next? And I'm like, right. that's what
0: I love. <laughs> that's what you have to. And I almost literally work in percentages like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're not such a good entity. I mean, you could have this percent of me. You could have 30%, 40%, oh, 15%. Literally, okay, I'm taking it back now. And I do literally shake it up. Even when I do my seances for bits, like, everybody go, okay, now are we going to shake? Because <laughs> I don't want to be that person taken over and getting sick. We should not have to get sick. We have to take control of this. When I look at psychics and mediums or anybody who works in them, these are healing arts that we do in whatever form. Yeah, you, you we have to take care of ourselves first. To not-
1: Absolutely. You bring up such a good point because I started working with a neurologist over this yes. last year or two. And one of the things I... Was so important and empowering about working with him was that so many of the clients coming to me were having multiple issues, right? They were hearing voices. Sometimes those voices were paranormal, but sometimes they weren't. And so being able to help differentiate for those that are struggling, which was which, and then being able to send them somewhere, because obviously I can't do that, has been so powerful. But within that, the requirement of taking care of you and even though this has been said and oversaid and overstated people sometimes refuse that and so when you bring a neurologist in uh, it's like, okay I'm serious when I say I can't be here to constantly tell you which one's paranormal and which one isn't you are going to have to learn how to find that But you can only find that, like me giving you a specific meditation or giving you a certain way to work isn't enough. We got to do both. And so with the schizophrenia or split personalities or multiple, so many of these people are just so sensitive that it's overwhelming them. And it overwhelms you to the point where we have to have the balance. You have to have a doctor there to support what we're bringing to the table. And both are of equal value. And so to find a young, I say young, but he is young, a young neurologist who was so open to what I do was rare. And I reached out to him and I just had a feeling and I just said, would you be willing to try this with me? And so that was
0: really cool. That's fascinating to me. I, yeah, that was going to be like next on my question list about working with a neurologist because- We have to, again, we have to mundane world, magic world. Mm -hmm. I'm all about healing and I should be sick and dead and all those and I'm not. And I had to do, yes, what the Western doctor said and yes, that magical approach to things as well. And I literally, and I get the neurologist because like you said, like schizophrenics might have something missing that they're going to see the real spirits and you have to differentiate. I actually, because of my weird health problems that I had got rid of, I have a tumor in my head um, and it pushes on my pituitary. And I think it adds to my psychicness. I think a physical medical thing adds to my psychic ability because where it puts a pressure. Whoa. How long have you had that for? forever. It's due to a female problems, which started at 16. And by the time I was 30, I was a victim, like medical victim between 16 and 30. And by the time I was 30, they, the doctor literally said that your hormones are so messed up. You have a huge pituitary. It's causing a tumor. It's causing blindness. It's pushing on your eye. You have bad bones. You have all these carcinogen damages. If you make it to 50, which you probably won't, but if you do, you'll be in a wheelchair. And I went, no, pulled out my witchcraft but No, I have always been a manifester. And I just said, I'm done being a victim. I'm done being sick. I haven't been sick in, in decades and decades. So at 50, instead of being dead or in a wheelchair, as promised by modern medical science, I did what they told me to do. I do what I do. I'm in Hollywood. I tried out for and did the world's largest, largest obstacle course. I did the TV show Hype Out to prove. That, and I had to go through physical testing, emotional testing, mental testing. I don't get sick. I gave up getting sick. The wow. three plus decades ago.
1: Do you feel, have you, I don't want to overstep my bounds. I'm an open book. Okay. Thank you. Did you f- ever get the impression that this wasn't the, f- that this life for you was about stopping that cycle of being looked at as someone that was strange or wrong, or there's something wrong with you. And so we like this lifetime. You said I'm stopping that cycle. How many lifetimes do I have to be ridiculed and held down or told that I'm wrong or told that I'm weird or told that I'm different or told there's something wrong with me? And this lifetime, it just magnified itself to such a degree. And you were just like, I'm going to stop that wheel
0: this time. And boom. I love that. I've never gone that exact thing, but that feels 100 percent. I've always gone the thing, too, because. In a sense, not just that I'm weird. Again, this affected the feminine side of things. I'm not unable to have children. I was 50 on the outside at 16 and nine on the inside. So all this femininity, can't have children. And the norm, not even just the weird psychic stuff, it was like, She doesn't have menstrual cycles, she's not a girl. So yeah, I had to fight that. And that's why I said, I literally was a victim of medical. Though I was this magical person, half of me and living this, I'm a manifester, I create the life I want, and then I'm victim to this. And I said, I have to put this over to that. And again, I just stopped getting every symptom went away. Does she have anything with an autoimmune disease? I think is complete balance. Does she, she have fibromyalgia? She has lupus. She has blah, 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 all these things along with, and it all went away. Yeah, I
1: want to add to that, that something I, I've been wanting to actually teach for many years now is the pattern of the menstrual cycle into menopause. And as I'm leading up to something in reference to what you were saying. As a child, when I first started bleeding, I noticed very quickly that my psychic ability was magnified when I was, had my period. And so it became a joke in my family. Like, if you want information, call Miriam once a month. Like, know when she has her period. And, but I was, my body was more flexible it went through this pattern of my body was more flexible. I was more intuitive and then you would shut down and you would need to go in and then you would come out. And then when I always tell my client, when people tell you, when you say to me, Oh, I'm just emotional. It's my period. It's actually the one time in your life that you cannot repress your true emotions. And so when you said you were a 50 year old in a nine year old's body you went from, this is how, so we shed, we hold our power, we carry our power, and each month when we bleed, we shed a little bit of it so we're not overwhelmed by our power. But when we go through menopause, we hold the power. And at that point, we can hold and stand in who we are. You did that at, at nine. Or no, 15.
0: Whatever, 15. Yeah, 15. My insides were nine. My uterus and ovaries stopped growing at age nine. So I was having menopause symptoms at 16, inside nine, outside 50. So you held
1: your power, you basically did, see when you look at it from a science perspective, they see it as wrong and bad and a problem. And I'm not saying there weren't issues attached, but from an energetic place, you simply were told and decided I'm not going to take 50 years to discover my power, I'm going to find it now. And that's amazing.
0: Thank you. I like that. I love that perspective. And I do think, and I think I was definitely guided by spirit to get here. Otherwise, I would have probably eh, lived a fulfilling, but not the life I live now. I probably would have done all those, oh, okay, she has to get married and she has to have children. And she's going to have mm-hmm. children. She's going to do this. And I'm so grateful I couldn't have kids because I would have had kids. And I'm mm-hmm. happy I didn't because I've I mean, got to live a whole different life.
1: How? But how clear was your path? In many ways, your path was like, there was no way you were going to be anything but this. Yeah. And everything was lining up for you to be this.
0: No matter how hard I tried to take another path. No, I'm kicking all the way. Thank you for that perspective. Oh my God, Marianne, that... Thank you. That, you just gave me a whole other perspective of things. You're good. She's good, no. you guys. Listen to no. her. <laughs> she, so on that note, bef- before we go, tell people, and they're going to be in, intrigued as I am with you, where they can find you, what you have coming up, website, social media, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Um, all my social medias are at Miriam Farish. I'm, I currently just finished my first little season of Lessons from the Paranormal, where I bring in my clients and then we get to the why behind why this was happening to them and what it's there to teach them and so it's not so it's you'll hear the clients experiences with the paranormal but then I talk about why this was happening to you and why it's not just a ghost it's not just a dark energy there's something going on with you and your life and your development and your consciousness to put you in this position of learning and so that's on spotify and youtube and all your all your places but then my friend and i harlow we're doing just for fun we're going live every thursday of the month of october doing live haunted home series where um, i'll be remote viewing some of those famously haunted homes but we're also going to be pulling in some private and personal homes that have got some paranormal activity and are haunted and need some investigating
0: oh fabulous and your website is your name, right, Marian Farish? Yep. Okay. You are fascinating. You're like one of my new favorite people forever. Thank you. <laughs> and That's I cool. know we will have to now we know each other. No, we know we're both in the same city. We will have to do something together. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so love Thank it. you for bringing your magic to the witching hour. Thank you for having me. It was an honor.